1: There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, America. to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots, welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, where we are bringing you daily, the Daily Journal, Monday through Thursday, and then on the weekend as well, so if you're not hearing us on the weekend make sure you check back in if you're new to the daily journal then uh go to Chrisanhall.com, get caught up you know jc we're also on itunes we're on google music play we're on ah jesus pod we have lots and lots of places that you can catch the chris ann hall show soundcloud Me is too. also uh and we are also on youtube so if you are not only just an audio learner, but a visual learner as well, then pop over to the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel where you can not only hear us, but also see the things that we're talking about, which I think is really important sometimes because we're always putting up the clips and then you know we're not just making this stuff up as we go along like the mainstream media does.
0: Yeah, you probably have to go to go to the channel or search it or something, right? It's not like it's not going to pop up. You know, 'cause they don't like.
1: Yeah, we're not in anybody's algorithm because YouTube's constantly, you know, trying to block us and limit our 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 uh, our reach. You know, I had somebody contact me, JC, who said, uh, "Hey, Chrisanne, I'd like to come and I'd like to help you with your social media presence." (laughs) And I said, you know, I don't mean any disrespect, but unless you have a mole in Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, I don't think you can help us. Yep. Because we've actually had professionals who, who do this for a living, and they've tried to help, especially on Facebook. We've got the, um, Ron over there in Orlando, and he helped us for several weeks, only to end up scratching his head and saying, Chrisanne, I can't figure out why... The same thing that works for everybody else never works for you.
0: But you know, I, I've I've seen the lefties and you know, like reason.com dot com libertarians, that, which seems left leaning libertarians. They they mock they mock that the notion of shadow banning, right? Like yeah. that's not a thing. It's the algorithm. Yeah, right. yeah, it is the algorithm. But they program right. the, the a- algorithm. The
1: AI is programmed to. To search out certain words and certain yeah, topics. Exactly. And I believe not only that, JC, I think the AI has also been taught that if there are certain um, formats, uh, platforms, to which we're, you know, the AI is constantly seeing. So, for example, ChrisAnn or the ChrisAnn Hall YouTube. So, if they're constantly tagging us, then the AI learns that this this source should automatically you're, you're be tagged. A, you're a
0: bad operator. You're I'm a, a bad, bad element.
1: I'm a bad, what did they call it? A, a bad, uh, yeah, actor. Bad, bad actor. That's what it is. We, we're bad actors. Because I'm going to tell you, I, I have seen on YouTube, JC, where we have. It, Excuse me. We've been actually tagged, right? We've been tagged, and then bam, 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 bam. All of a sudden, every single show is flagged. Yeah. Automatically by the AI.
0: Yeah. So it's silly that you know these guys talk about. Oh no, there's there's no such thing as shadow banning, and I, I don't know how they come up with this nonsense. Yeah. I mean yeah. we we have we have direct messages and you know pictures of this stuff for them communicating with us just utter nonsense yeah utter nonsense yeah
1: facebook banned us from any kind of ad making and when i inquired about it they simply said we've made the decision there's no reason for you to inquire any further yeah there's no 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 uh policy number no no uh you know platform no community ethics that i violated that they can quote it's just simply we've decided and you can't yeah so that's where we are and so that's the way it works with, with uh, social media for us. So uh, go to chrisanhall.com. You can find us through the YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel through chrisanhall.com. You can also go to YouTube and search for chrisanhall.com. But remember, subscribing also means that you're going to have to check back every now and again because we have t- over 20,000 subscribers, and people tell me, Every single day, JC, every single day that uh, they never see us in their feeds or anything like that. So you just have to keep checking if you and, and oh, I found we have a new listener uh, through YouTube. And he said, you know, Chrisanne, I, I'm brand new here, but I have never found a more valuable source of current events truth than what you Jay, and JC give on uh YouTube, social media and our podcast.
0: Yeah, well I think there's a big one today with, you know, yes. the Mueller, Mueller investigation coming to an end mm-hmm. and you know, and there's some stuff the, the the left is already spinning it. The left is already lying and mischaracterizing uh what is in the report. And here's the thing, um uh, you know, what what do we always tell people? What is kind of like our main sort of training at liberty first university the go
1: to the original source exactly so
0: <laughs> so most go people
1: to the original source
0: most people are not going to read the actual summary uh-huh. that william barr wrote they're just the gonna, actual letter that he wrote correct they're just going to read the headlines and all almost without exception all of the lefty headlines that i've seen actually distort, right? They tell a half-truth in order to tell a lie about what the report actually says and does.
1: Well, if you're looking at us on YouTube right now, then you see the CN, one of the CNN headlines, their headline titled, The Russian Investigation. And the headline reads, Mueller did not find Trump or his campaign conspired with Russia, also did not exonerate him on obstruction.
0: Which is true. But, Im, but but the, the, purpose, implima-
1: implication, the purpose
0: is to imply a falsehood.
1: Right. Because it is true that Mueller did. Because Mueller wrote a report and then handed over the report, which is the summation of the evidence, to the attorney general. And said, okay, the attorney general is going yeah, to so make that, the decision. That's, that's, that's the, the second bar. part. That's the that's second bar. part. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So the first part. So... William Barr gives a summary of the Mueller report. We're going to explain to you why this half-truth, this is a half-truth issued to imply a lie. Mm -hmm. So, because Trump tweeted, total exoneration, right? No Mm -hmm. collusion, no obstruction, Mm -hmm. I've been exonerated. And Mm -hmm. now they're saying, oh, that's not true, but in fact, it is true. Mm -hmm. And their half-truth lies about it. So, William Barr issues a summary of Mueller's investigation and conclusion, right? And so he basically describes the report, Mueller's report, as being two parts. The first part was about Russian collusion, pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, one some kind of Russian company got on social media and posted things on social media that wasn't so. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you could say that about. I mean, how many millions of people and individuals? You know, so that that that's been silly. To me from the beginning like, oh, here's a story about Hillary Clinton and I was going to vote for Hillary Clinton, but I saw this on social media and now I'm going to vote for Trump. So totally that's totally preposterous to begin with. Okay, but but nevertheless, that's the part. Then they said the Russian government tried to uh, tried to uh, hack or actually hacked um, some kind of servers and this and that, which we also know is 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 a crock, but that's a whole different story. Uh, so they hacked something. They got some D, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton emails, and then they re- released it through WikiLeaks in order to embarrass and and sway the election. And they said Trump didn't conclu- Trump or anybody connected him didn't didn't collude to do that. So the first part, no collusion. End of story. Right. The second part was about obstruction. Right. And this is what basically it said. It said. Mueller, as as they tell in the headlines, this piece of it, then they stop and don't tell the rest. They say Mueller did not make a decision one way or another about obstruction. What he did was pass on the evidence on both sides of the argument to the attorney general's office and said it is up to the attorney general to look at the evidence and based on that make the decision whether or not obstruction took place well here's the rest of the story as Paul Harvey would say the attorney general's office examined the evidence and they looked at their charging requirements and procedures and they said this evidence does not rise to the level of criminal obstruction
1: so the letter actually says and this is directly if you're looking at us on YouTube right now I have a I've clipped a, the, the spot out of Barr's letter. I've actually underlined it in red so that it's easy to, under, to So it's easy to find and easy to follow. It says. Applying the principles of federal prosecution that guide our charging decisions, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded that evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice. And I, and I like how they, they added in this last little caveat here, J.C., Our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president.
0: Right. So what they're actually saying... Some people are saying you can't... Charge a sitting president, you know, you know, while he's in office, you can't charge him. They say that had nothing to do with
1: right. So what they're saying is, is that look, we didn't even have to get to answering that question because before we got to that question, we decided there was insufficient evidence to prove a crime.
0: Right. So 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 these headlines are are saying Mueller didn't exonerate him on obstruction and may, and they're implying that well obstruction is still out there he may be guilty of obstruction Mueller didn't say he wasn't that that is not that's a that's a distortion Mueller passed the evidence to the AG and the AG has made a decision this obstruction issue is done it's over with
1: So when we get back from the break I'm going to I'm going to give you a little prosecutorial insight because those of you who listened for a while you know that i was a prosecutor for uh, a you know a decade or so and so when we get back i'm going to explain to you what exactly this means from a prosecutorial perspective Liberty's lobbyist, Chris Ann Hall, has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I love today's show, J.C. I'm really, really pumped up about today's show because it's a show with two Two stories on due process. So, we're going to be talking, we are talking about the Mueller report, but we're also going to be talking about a case uh, that's coming before the Supreme Court of the United States uh, on a state level gerrymandering. And so, I just want to encourage everybody to go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. And take our courses on presidential power and on judicial power because this will help you, give you a greater depth of understanding of what we're talking about here on the show. You can be an expert on these issues through Liberty First University.
0: So reading this letter, would you say, like, so we're hearing this, we're seeing this implication about obstruction. And so if somebody said, if they're saying, well, obstruction is still out there. He may still be guilty of obstruction, but that that might be coming. Would you say that's false? It's it's been put to bed because I would, the determining agency made a decision. It's right, done.
1: right. So the de- the attorney general and the deputy attorney general have made the have concluded, and that's what the letter says. We have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient. Okay, so there's something I used to always tell people. From a criminal law aspect, and it's something that we have to understand about legal jargon, especially criminal prosecution. Not guilty is not the same as innocent, and that's the kind of twist that they're playing on in the uh, in in the liberal headline media news, right? So just because they've said that there's insufficient evidence. That doesn't mean that he's innocent. That's what they're playing on. However, it does mean that they have decided that the evidence concludes that there is no prosecutable crime, which means there'll be no charges. And we are a society of innocent until proven guilty, so he stands innocent because there are no charges.
0: Let, let's be be clear about this slick willy wordplay that the media is using mm-hmm. okay when you when you're saying this is a a, a prosecute a prosecutorial charge or mm-hmm. in this case what they call a declination a decline mm-hmm. to charge
1: it's a de- what well, they it, it will be something that well i don't know if they actually do that from the attorney general's office but when we were prosecuting we we actually issued an a, an official letter of decline decline to prosecute is the title of it. It okay. was looked like an official court document.
0: So here's the deal in that. That is not a process of determining guilt or innocence. You're determining whether you have enough evidence to charge mm-hmm. or not. Simple right. as that. Right. So then for the media then to then to take it the next step and well, they didn't say he was innocent. That's not how our system works.
1: No, because the prosecutor does not determine guilt or innocent. Due process determines guilt or innocent. And that's why I said the way I said, okay, so the prosecutor determines looking at all of the facts. Now, When you're a good prosecutor, you take all the evidence, then you find all the holes in your case as if you were going to prosecute the case. If you can't fill those holes, then you come to the conclusion that the crime cannot be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, at which point you then issue a decline to prosecute. Now, the, the prosecutor does not determine guilt or innocence. What the prosecutor determines is, does the evidence prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a crime has been committed? The due process part is the part that decides whether there is guilt or innocence. This is the preliminary aspect, which is even greater because look look how this works. A prosecutor sometimes a, a zealous prosecutor will move forward with a case with very, very slim chance of winning just because they want to make a statement. In this particular case, this is what's happening. They're saying, look, we don't even have enough to move forward to a preliminary hearing, so we're going to have to simply decline to prosecute.
0: But but you hear this, this sort of Uh, I don't even know what to call it, this sort of Stalin-esque, I hate to overuse that term, but the the mentality they're saying when they're saying, well, he didn't say he was
1: innocent, I mean, completely overturned. Well, that's the whole twist of it, because the prosecutor would never even make that kind of determination. (laughs) I mean, it's total, but you have. But they know that, right, because they're not ignorant of how this works. They have lawyers, they know how that works.
0: But you have a populace that is ignorant that's going to just receive this stuff. So people know. People need to know how to combat this. What do you mean, innocent? He's not innocent. They don't have to say whether he's innocent or guilty. That's what's going on here. And then we have evidence to charge him with a
1: crime. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. JC, I just want to, before we move to the case, I just want to sort of summarize for everybody how wh- what they need to say when people, when you're hearing this and the discussion is happening, okay? So in summary, Donald Trump is exonerated by the Attorney General because an exoneration is a release from blame that's the definition of the word. Go look it up. A release from blame that has come from the attorney general because the attorney general and the deputy attorney general have determined that there is insufficient evidence to prove a crime, which is the same thing in a prosecutor's mind that we cannot go forward with this, so we can't have a crime. You, you when when you get a when you're accused of a crime uh, and as a defendant and you get that letter in the mail of the prosecutor saying we decline to prosecute you're done you don't have to sit around the courthouse and wait for somebody to change their mind you are done
0: it reminds me a funny story well i guess it wasn't funny at the time but but personally right Mm -hmm. way back uh you know when we moved to where we are in north florida Mm -hmm. crazy coincidence that the person who rented the house that we rent, that we were now renting, the mm-hmm. one that rented before us, actually had almost my same name. Mm-hmm. Just the just the middle initials were different. Right. Okay. I got a phone call from the police investigator one day that wanted me to come and talk talk to him. Well, long story short, the guy that lived there before us, he had uh, robbed and threw a stinking concrete parking pillar through the plate glass window of the local furniture store. Right? right. The guy was a total felon, criminal, whatever. And they called me in right thinking, Oh, we got our man cause it's almost the same name. Turns out, you know, no, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I walk out of there, I'm not charged with anything. Right. Right. I didn't do anything. So then for somebody to come back and say, well, they didn't exonerate him from the crime. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't say he didn't commit the crime, right? I right. mean, come on. So that this gets under my skin. This subtle distortion that the media is using. This is media malpractice. They're not telling the full story, and they're trying to imply something that's not so. Well, they didn't say he was innocent. It's not their job. You, you don't. I don't have to say, right? That investigator or some other authority didn't have to. You know, write some declaration. Uh, Mr. Hall is innocent. He 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 didn't he didn't do this. You don't have enough evidence to charge. I right. didn't do anything. What right. do you? You don't have to say. I am not even to that process of guilt or right, innocence. Right. I was never Well, and the prosecutor
1: charged. never makes the determination to begin yeah. with of guilt or innocence. So, so that's what we're saying. Look, it, it, this like you said, this is this is journalistic malpractice. Yeah, it is deception.
0: Exactly. Well, we I don't know to, if it sounds nitpicky, but mm, it's like it re, it's really no, grating it's, on my nerves of once again They have a
1: responsibility, this. I think, because yeah. of the of the the deference that people give them because of the term media. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, I mentioned this before. I think, JC, was you had a day off or something. I mentioned this before, uh, something that we needed to look out for. The Supreme Court's going to be hearing a couple cases on gerrymandering from the state level. Now, here's the thing and this is not going to be about gerrymandering okay so this is not a show about gerrymandering this is not a show about uh, about altering the political constituency by redistricting this is a show about judicial authority and i and i just want to show you because these gerrymandering cases are quintessential judicial overreach from the federal level from day one JC from day one so one of these cases is Rucho v League of women voters in North Carolina and we did the research of the case background on on this particular case and the thing that I want us to recognize here because the Supreme Court of the United States is about to hear this case this case which is a suit of a people of North Carolina against their own government now that is very very significant because i'm going to show you from those who from the perspective of those who ratified the constitution of what that really means so understand that this is a case where the people of a person from or our group from the state of North Carolina is suing the legislators of North Carolina. Problem number one, JC, this case was never heard by a state court, period. This went directly to the federal court bypassing the states all together that ought to be that means that the federal government is giving is given initial jurisdiction original jurisdiction in this matter, and I want you to understand something that is completely contrary to what our Constitution has designed our federal judiciary to be and it all oh, you talk about thing that grates on your skin this whole. Stupid, ignorant, and destructive incorporation doctrine that has contaminated our constitutional republic since the errant application of the 14th Amendment. I, you know, people always ask me, Chrisanne, what's the worst thing that happened to the Constitution? And I, and I generally say, you know, the 16th and 17th Amendments. But as we develop this ideology of judicial supremacy and that judicial supremacy ideology is consuming the american people quickly this 14th amendment errant ideology of incorporation doctrine is is clearly becoming uh, uh, the worst you know it's like it's a horse race right there'd be like the four 16th and the 17th amendment neck and neck and then here comes the 14th amendment right up behind it and it's it's not because see the sixteenth and the seventeenth amendments are bad because of the way they were written. Because of the of, of what they do as they were ratified. The fourteenth amendment is bad because of the way it is interpreted and implied right. because the drafters and the ratifiers of the fourteenth amendment never meant to do what we're doing you doing with it today. As a matter of fact, they said contrary to that.
0: Yeah, the way they apply it. I mean, absolutely shreds reserve powers.
1: It, 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 and it's the exact, it opposite. I'm just so irritated. It's hard for me to speak. It is the exact opposite of the design of our constitutional republic. You know, JC, we have the course at Liberty First University on the power of the judiciary, and I want you to hear uh, some of the quotes from that class that I've pulled together of the power of the judiciary. I think that that power of the judiciary class, JC, at this point in time, is one of the most important classes that we have at Liberty First University. But I have to say that it's probably a least concern of the general public because they don't understand how dangerous... The accumulation of federal judicial power actually is.
0: So you, this gerrymandering issue should not be even, even in the federal courts, should, not being mm-mm. heard by the Supreme Court, not a federal issue.
1: It is not a federal issue, period, much less one of original jurisdiction. See, what I'm saying is... Meaning,
0: meaning that the very first complaint that was, was filed, filed, right, the suit mm-hmm. that was filed... They filed it directly Directly. in federal court.
1: Directly in federal court. This was never seen by, by a county court. This was never seen by a state district court. The Supreme Court of North Carolina never even issued an opinion on this case. See, that's what—that's why I wanted to do the background research for this because I wanted to see. I suspected this was the case because of this incorporation doctrine and the judicial, the federal judicial supremacy that is overtaking America, right? And so I wanted to know for fact, if you're watching us on YouTube, the Brennan Center for Justice has a timeline of this case. I have it up there on YouTube, and it actually was handled on March 3rd, 2017, for the very first time by a U.S. district court. And that's, that's the problem. So nobody actually allowed the state to decide their own business. Now, this was a huge discussion during the ratification of our Constitution. And I can't say this more emphatically. Huge. Our delegates were so concerned about an increasing appetite of judicial power that would consume the state courts. I want to show you this. Now, this is directly from our judicial power class at Liberty First University. George Mason and James Uridel are in the same debate committee. And they're having this discussion. And George Mason says, quote, The judiciary of the United States is so constructed and extended as to absorb and destroy the judiciaries of the several states, thereby rendering as tedious, intricate, and expensive as justice, unattainable by a great part of the community as in England and enabling the rich to oppress and ruin the poor. Now, George Mason is saying, look, The federal courts, the way you've written this constitution, the federal courts will take over every state affair to the minutest level, which means that anybody who has a a suit is going to have to now engage in federal lawsuits, which they knew even in that day was extremely expensive and terribly cumbersome. James Iredell responds to George Mason and says, how is, that, how is this the case? He's saying to George Mason, I don't even see how you're seeing that, my friend. He says, are not the state judiciaries left uncontrolled as to the affairs of that state only? You see, when you read the third article of the Constitution, delegating the power to the judiciary, you will notice a very glaring omission of power. And that omission of power is what Iridel is talking about. The federal courts were designed to never have jurisdiction over a matter involved in the internal affairs of the state. So a person or a body of persons suing their own state or a person or a body of persons suing someone in their state is never supposed to be in the federal jurisdiction. I'm Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, JC. This is our last segment, so we need to wrap up this gerrymandering thing quickly. And I'm just talking to you about how this case of a group within North Carolina suing the legislators of North Carolina was never given the opportunity to be heard by the North Carolina court because we have become so ignorant on the design and the purpose of that design by the Constitution.
0: So that's why I was going to ask you a question. You, you just kind of answered it. So, um, and it was how how is what george mason occur, what george mason observed is in fact occurring but it's not attributed to what, what he attributed to so it's, in other mm-hmm. words not a flaw in the constitution but, but so then how does it come about that it actually happens as mason said and that is because we the, are not, the lawyers mm-hmm. and the the plaintiffs and the populace basically leave they they Ignore. jump over the state they leave right. the state out Right. And go directly, like, petitioning slaves and servants to the federal level.
1: Right. And it's not—and that—what Iridell's response to Mason is, the Constitution is written. That's why he says, how is this the case? The Constitution is written so that the state judiciaries are left uncontrolled as to the affairs of that state only. Now, to, uh, James Madison is actually having a conversation with, with George Washington about this same thing on October 18, 1787. Madison says to Washington in a letter, the great mass of suits in every state lie between citizen and citizen and relate to matters not of federal cognizance.
0: So my other question is, is this, since nearly every voter, regardless of party, hates gerrymandering, what what is the solution actually what should the solution actually be
1: the solution be, should be that the voters uh, demand the legislators create an independent review board of the people to review their district lines and then for the state courts to be allowed to handle the disputes
0: so hasn't didn't that happen like this last uh, term on I think five constitutions yes. were, were amended. To do exactly that.
1: Yeah, five constitutions in this last term were amended to create independent um, uh, district review boards, commissions yeah. commissions. yeah, look at the. I have up here on YouTube a quote from Alexander Hamilton. For those of you who understand the founders, you know he is the biggest government guy that we had, right? And he, because of that, people have have loved people love to hate Hamilton. He writes in Federalist eighty three. The foundation of this assertion is that the national judiciary will have no cognizance of them. He's repeating what Madison was saying about these internal affairs of the states. And, of course, they will remain determinable as heretofore by state courts only. Now, here's the thing about this 14th Amendment, J.C. It did not amend the third article of the Constitution, There is no provision within the third article of the Constitution that has been amended to give the federal government original jurisdiction over state matters. It is the errant application of this ignorant ideology of the incorporation doctrine that has now bootstrapped an extra power to the federal judiciary when our founders said specifically, if you want to know specifically why, they kept this power out of the hands of the federal government and were determined that it would be left in the states. You got to go to Liberty First University. You can either join Liberty First University or you can buy the DVD on the judiciary. You can know this.
0: So because then because the Supreme Court and the federal courts had been erroneously imbued with this mm-hmm. power, the pe- then the people look to i mean this is where we are now they look to the supreme court as as just like kings and queens of yeah. the universe so
1: what happens jc now if the supreme court sides with the the legislators in this gerrymandering now the people are completely voiceless yeah. and they have to bow to the oligarchy
0: so it, w- again we, the solution we, we the people mm-hmm. running to them in these issues that should not be federal are actually destroying our own state sovereignty.
1: Absolutely. And in the end, destroying our own individual liberty. You, self-governance is the key here. And if you're gonna self-govern, then you have to just go ahead and do it. Create your independent committees to monitor your own districts and leave the federal government out of it. God bless you guys. We will see you next time.